What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Mike, and welcome to episode 64 of the Mike and Dave Podcast. Coming back after that back-to-back NFL tier list episode, or those episodes, 62 and 63. And now we get to resume regularly, regularly scheduled activities with all of our normal segments. And the first of those, of course, is off the top. It's Dave's turn to bring the prompt for that, so I'm going to go ahead and kick it to him. All right, what's up, everybody? Dave here. And yeah, let's go ahead and get right into off the top this episode. And I've been holding on to this one for a while, but I feel like now is the perfect time to go ahead and ask this question because we are just in that period of time where the NBA isn't quite back yet, but we've got baseball, we've got soccer, we've got football, college football, all that going on at the same time, which obviously is ideal for us sports fans. So I wanted to ask you, between, and uh, sorry hockey, you're just not going to make it in this because you're just (laughs) kind of the fifth wheel now. Soccer's overtaking you, I feel like. Um, I mean, we are, we do live in the South, so it is what it is. Um, but okay. So between football, basketball, baseball, and soccer, which would you say is the most technically difficult and which is the most physically demanding? And honestly, actually what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to rank them one through four in both of those categories. So from most technically difficult to least technically difficult, and then from most physically demanding to least physically demanding. Okay. And you said football, baseball, basketball, soccer. Uh Uh-huh. I know that your expertise is mostly in the realm of football and basketball, but from what you know of baseball and soccer, or at least what your perception is as well, you know, how does that compare? So soccer has got to take the most conditioning, leaving aside when an NBA player maybe plays all 48 minutes or something. All right, so no shade to baseball. But I'm going to have to put baseball number four for how physically demanding it is in terms of, like, okay, there's... If you're fielding, right, like a ball gets hit to you, you have to run to the ball or you have to climb the wall or whatever, but then other balls might not get hit to you. If you're on third, like you, relatively speaking, you could be out of the action for a decent amount of plays, you know, here and there. Um, it's often dependent on where the ball goes, but I'm looking at soccer, constant movement, basketball, all five guys, with the exception of like James Harden or something, running up and down the court the whole time that they're on the court. Uh, football, you're in the game for more or less half of it. Um, and that's leaving aside, like if you're benched, you know, like you're like, if you're a running back, you're only available for half the plays in the first place. Um, with football though, I have to factor in getting hit. <laughs> so with football, I'd, well, I guess with all of these, I do want to point out that it's just kind of how you interpret it. Obviously you can have differing opinions and different perceptions, which is kind of the whole point of off the top. So just from your perspective, you know, where that's basically what we're going off of. I'll share my thoughts after yours, but um, just go based off of that and what, 
you know, kind of what you place more importance on? Like, do you place more importance on, you know, how many times you have to play or how often you're in the game or like how physical it is while you're in the game? Um, even if you're not in it as much. Okay. So based on that, I'm going to go ahead and put football as the most physically demanding, um, given they all involve running, but that's by far the most contact and contact is in addition to being a major injury risk. Um, it's also physically draining. Like if you play basketball and you're going into contact or like if you're banging down low, if you're in the post or whatever, that takes some out of you, even if you're not running around. So basketball is going to be number two for basically that reason. And what I was saying earlier about, for the most part, you're kind of running up and down the court the entire game. Then I'm going to do soccer um, because of the conditioning that goes into that. And then I'll put baseball at number four. But before it just sounds like I'm shitting on baseball, I understand that these are also world-class athletes. So I'm not like, oh yeah, any rando with no physical conditioning can play Major League Baseball. Um, It's just fourth out of four. Technical skill, however, baseball will not be number four. I'm going to put football at the bottom of technical skill. Um mainly because in in soccer most players to some extent or another can dribble can defend and when you get on like your strikers your middies they can all shoot yeah um with the exception of goalkeepers there aren't that many players that don't do something at least fairly well whereas football it's very specialized you have receivers they catch you have running backs they are they get the handoffs and you know it's a little reductive but quarterbacks are the only ones that have to know how to throw so the total accumulation of skill that you need to be a football player is different um and let's see football so football is going to be four um when i think about baseball I don't think there's anything in sports harder than hitting a baseball. Um, maybe that makes me feel better about how piss poor I am at it. Um, <laughs> but that ball is zooming, right? And uh, all that goes into that. It's also hard to throw a baseball, um, not just quickly, but accurately. And, you know, combining the two. Not that hard to catch. <laughs> um, basketball is reliant on technical skill, but not at that same level when it comes to hitting and throwing a baseball. Um, And soccer, I think I'm going to go football four, soccer three, basketball two, baseball one. Okay. I definitely understand that reasoning for sure. And I think it's one of those polarizing things where I'm – Sorry to put you in that position, but you know, too bad. Um, so my, like I thought of the question and I was like, this is a great question. Um, I know people have in some cases really strong opinions on the, this kind of question when you're comparing sports to each other. I think it's very difficult to do so just because, you know, the, the nature of it, usually a ball is required in some form or fashion, but otherwise it's, you know, completely different. Um, I will say, so, 
Um, Deion Sanders has come out and said hitting a baseball is infinitely harder than playing football. I think he, he also played basketball in high school. He said, yeah, but football is by far the easiest and baseball is by far the hardest. Um, I think technically speaking, you're spot on. I think baseball is probably the most technical. Um, I can definitely understand putting it number four in terms of physically demanding. The only thing that is hard about that is it's not necessarily the actual like play on the field, but it's a fact that you have to play basically every single day for the majority of the year where no other sport are you having to play 162 games and that's not even counting the postseason. Basketball is about half of that. Football is a tenth of it and soccer is usually around i mean depending on what cup you know cup competitions there are 40 50 games a, a season depending on what league you're in and everything so when you just think of the the astronomical difference between how many games baseball players have to play versus others and the it's like running the marathon, not the sprint, basically, where you can look at it and say, is it more impressive to run a marathon or is it more impressive to run 100 meters like faster than everybody else, you know? So I think it's just a matter of preference. Um, I just do think like baseball players don't get enough credit for how physically demanding the sport is, if only just because it's, you're, you know, you're not necessarily out there getting getting hit by 260 pound jacked dudes, you know, <laughs> uh, but there's a reason why they only have to play it once per week though, which is kind of crazy. If I had included a hockey on here, that might be number one for me physically demanding. Cause they play basically the same amount of games as the NBA, but you're still getting smoked. <laughs> <laughs> and also there's no like real, there's nothing really keeping players from fighting each other. So you also have to deal with that. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying about both of those um, soccer. Basically everybody has to be at least capable of doing everything technically well, um, as well as it's 90 minutes and you get a break in between. But if you compare that to basketball, it's 48 minutes, basically half the time um football the same but it really just kind of depends on on your preference for both of those things but i think the the point of it is these guys are are professional athletes and world class for a reason um and it's obviously extremely difficult to get to the top especially when you have to pretty much have both of those things you have to have the physical skills and the technical skills in order to make it and like you said Sometimes players might be great at one and not great at the other. I mean, I look at Messi, for instance. Technically speaking, he's probably the best ever. I mean, I know people love to say this, but like Messi is my height. And yet he's arguably the most famous athlete in the world. Um, and he's never been like the fastest. He's never been the strongest or the tallest or anything like that. But the way that he's able to to play on a different level is is crazy. So, and that's just so interesting in contrast against like basketball, where LeBron has been like the most famous basketball player in the world for like twenty years, and he's never been the most technical, or he's never been the most technically skilled 
player in the NBA at anything. It's the dominant athleticism. <laughs> it's just funny how that contrast exists between those two sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you put LeBron and Messi next to each other, you never would believe that they're, you know, at least at one point, the best player in their respective sport. Or like, they're both world-class athletes, but they look completely different. <laughs> so I think that will just about wrap up off the top. Um, when we come back, we're going to briefly touch on our top 25 NFL players um, right now list that we just came up with. Um, if you've listened to the podcast before or follow us on social media, you would have heard us coming up with a similar list for the NBA. We figured we'd go ahead and do the same thing for the NFL. So we had kind of have our inaugural list, uh, which we'll break down in a little bit. So on our social, we've posted a graphic with our top 25 NFL players at the moment. So you can check that out for a visual version of this. We're just going to highlight some of those. I will say we'll be adapting this when necessary, and we've already adapted it. In the time between constructing this list and presenting it here, Nick Chubb has gotten injured. And so I just want to say that Nick Chubb would have absolutely been on this list. He was on that list. But at this point, he's not going to be playing probably for the rest of the season. And so he can't be on that list. So with that asterisk in mind, Dave, why don't you go ahead and talk about one of the players on this list? Yeah, so instead of going through all 25 players, we're just going to kind of highlight one player from the back third, one from the middle third, and one from the top third. Um, and then obviously, if you want to see the full list, uh, then you can look at our social media and we'll, we'll make a graphic and it'll be on there. So with that caveat, I'm going to start with a guy who just barely fits into the bottom third, uh, which is Fred Warner. So this linebacker is usually... I would say probably considered to be the best off-ball linebacker in the in the NFL. Um, stalwart for the 49ers. I feel like he's the the guy that makes it all happen. He's the one who cleans up the messes. I feel like some of those other players, uh, like Hufanga, Drake Greenlaw, Nick Bosa, you know, they might be creating more splash plays or more turnovers. But I think it's because Fred Warner being the like quarterback of the defense type uh, making sure everybody's in the right positions, flying to the football, obviously excellent in coverage, excellent in the run game, uh, can be an effective blitzer as well in certain packages. So yeah, I really like his game. I, he was definitely in my book when we were talking about this, uh, definitely needed to be in the top 20 and he came in at number 16 for us. So yeah, Fred Warner, one of my favorite players to watch defensively in the NFL. And off-ball linebackers don't get a ton of love. Uh, they don't get paid as much. We we saw Roquan Smith, where the Bears did not want to pay him. He moves to the Ravens, and all of a sudden the Ravens' defense got way better, uh, and he basically changed the whole course of their season. So don't tell me off-ball linebackers don't matter, because they do. But yeah, Fred Warner comes in as our top off-ball linebacker, number 16. Speaking of players or positions that don't get enough love, let's talk about offensive linemen. So the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, if not the best. It's been that way for off and on for years. Uh, 
and there are two key members of that. There's Lane Johnson on the right, and there's Jason Kelsey in the middle, and that's who we have at number 24. Now, I'll take pride in our list being one of a relative few out there that I think will have a center in the top 25, but what the Eagles do offensively starts not with Jalen Hurts, but with Jason Kelsey. He's the captain of that offensive line. Um, He's got the IQ uh, through the roof, um, calling out plays, uh, maneuvering other members of that offensive line around. And additionally, he has the athleticism to keep up with the play way beyond that of pretty much any other center in the NFL. Uh, Deceptively athletic and fast. Um, Really pushing downfield on all those extended run plays. So for everything that Jason Kelsey provides to that Eagles team, um, from the very snap, literally, uh, Jason Kelsey is going to be in our top 25 there at 24. Yeah, agree. And the center position has got to be one of the hardest positions in football and just doesn't really get talked about enough because obviously you don't have quite as much time to get your hands up and protect or, you know, block for in the run game because you have to snap the ball first. And so you have to make sure you do that correctly every play, as well as pointing out blitzers and coverages, helping out your quarterback there. And, you know, centers do a decent amount of pulling in the run game as well. Um, So yeah, there's just, there's a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. So I was happy that we included him in our top 25. So the guy that we have in the middle that I wanted to to touch on is Tyreek Hill. So obviously he is arguably the most dynamic offensive player that there is in the NFL, especially in terms of physical traits. He's not the biggest, but he can jump out of the gym. He's definitely the fastest player in the NFL. I don't think there's any question about that. But in terms of, we were just talking off the top about physically demanding versus technically demanding. Um, I think the technical area is where Tyreek Hill has improved significantly over the past couple years. There were a lot of questions going into last season, him not being with Mahomes anymore, not with Andy Reid. Would he still be able to produce? Uh, Yes. Unequivocally, yes. Uh, Not just with Tua, but with Skylar Thompson also throwing him the ball. Uh, I think there were three quarterbacks that he... He caught passes from last season and obviously a, a, a game changer. One of those players that if you're scheming for, you know, if you're the opposing defense and you're looking at next week and you're playing the Dolphins, you're like, okay, we have to make sure that we try to contain Tyreek Hill because he can absolutely wreck the game with just one touch of the football. He can be in the end zone. So just the fact of that danger alone, there aren't really any other players in the NFL who have that, you know, electric ability and are that dangerous with the ball in their hands. So yeah, I think Tyreek Hill at number 11, uh, not quite in the, in our top 10, uh, but I feel like with another really big season this year, which after his first couple of weeks, it looks like he might be on for, I think maybe he, he might crack it towards the end of the season. Yeah, uh, for sure. 
um, Tyreek Hill have speed will travel. Like, wherever he goes, that speed comes with him, and he can score literally any play. Like, or so it seems. Um, at 13, we've got Jalen Hurts. So, depending on how you feel about Jalen Hurts, this is either too high or way too low. You know, like, after the season he had last year, uh, dude is a, a winner, right? He's been that way going back to his college days, and it's the versatility. Uh, he can kill you in the air. He can kill you on the ground. Uh, he was tied for second most rushing touchdowns last season as a quarterback. Um, there's, I mean, look at me just talking about two Eagles in a row. Uh, but we talked about Jason Kelsey before, and then that ball gets snapped right to Jalen Hurts, one of the most dynamic players in football. Um, and we've talked before, and it's no secret that mobile quarterbacks just change the dynamic of a football game. But Jalen Hurts is like that to the nth degree. It's like Lamar has the speed, but Jalen Hurts just does this more, it seems, efficiently, successfully, in a way that's more conducive to winning the football game. Um, he has that quality about him with, where it's, you know, regardless of what stats he puts up at the end of the game, he's probably winning that football game. Um whether it's making that amazing throw, uh, that fade to the back left corner of the end zone, or just pushing it in himself. Um, he makes drafting Eagles running backs like pretty stupid to do for fantasy purposes because he's just going to accumulate all those touchdowns. Um, so I know that if we were basing this on last year alone, he'd probably be higher. And so there is a little bit of, you know, that, okay, we believe in the hype to an extent. We're going to put you... 13th best there's no reason that can't ascend but we just want to see it a little more before like we want to see that extend for a little bit longer before we put him top 10 but there's no reason to believe that he won't do that yeah 100 percent. and we put let's see one two three quarterbacks in front of him so we have him as the fourth best quarterback in the NFL right now going into the season. Obviously we've seen a couple of games as well. So that can influence us a bit, but yeah, last season of course has to be included, but isn't necessarily the end all be all, um, which leads me nicely into the last guy I want to talk about. We have coming in at number four, TJ Watt um, for context. We have him above Nick Bosa, who led the league in sacks last year. Um, we have him just behind Aaron Donald, who obviously is a game wrecker himself. But TJ Watt, I just, I love watching this guy play. I really do. In terms of a, a defensive player who can just, who can do just about everything. Um, in terms of wrecking the game and create and causing havoc, it's TJ Watt. Uh, we saw him pull down some of the crazier interceptions that you'll ever see, uh, especially from an outside linebacker. Um, obviously crazy sack numbers. I mean, so far this season through two games, he has nine tackles, four sacks, three tackles for loss, two passes, defensed two forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries and a touchdown. Just through two games. This guy is a menace. Um, 
I'm so glad that he's back healthy. When he got injured last year, it really, really sucked. Um, he just makes the Steelers so, so much better defensively. They obviously have great players as well on, um, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick also made our top 25. And then in terms of um, uh, Cam Hayward as well, he wasn't in our top 25, but obviously a standout player. Like, I just think TJ Watt is arguably the most valuable defensive player in the league when he's healthy, which he is right now. So him, Aaron Donald, Nick Bosa, I think all kind of have an argument for that. And there are a couple other guys as well. Micah Parsons made our top 10 as well as Chris Jones. So all those guys are are great. But for me, I think TJ Watt is the gold standard right now at, um, you know, just on defense in general in the NFL. Maybe I'm a, just a little bit biased because of these past two games and also just generally speaking I just love watching the guy so take that for what you will uh but yeah I'm I'm really excited about TJ Watt uh, and what he's going to do the rest of the season yeah absolutely and note Micah Parsons on the rise like like you said we have him at eight he already has seven tackles three sacks an interception and a Forced, fum- forced and recovered fumble. Um, so in terms of game records, shout out there. Um, but I want to talk about number six. Well, first of all, I'll just say number one, spoiler alert, it's Patrick Mahomes. We know he's incredibly talented. Uh, now I want to talk about number six. And that's because it's Joe Burrow who we have as the second best quarterback. And I guess that's just to address any sort of controversy. Um, because that means we have him above Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. And that's while he's getting off to a slow start to this 2023 season. Week one was much worse than week two. So he's got that going for him. But it's still a slow start. Uh, He is coming off that injury. This is going off like kind of the opposite of what we said about Jalen Hurts, where he had, he's coming off that amazing season, but it was kind of that one season we want to see that continue. But we've seen Joe Burrow balling out for a couple years now, and this is based on that belief that he's going to come back to form. He's not going to struggle like this all season. He's probably not going to struggle like this all month. Um, I hope that doesn't get clipped because, like, <laughs> oh, oh, he had a bad week three, Mike. <laughs> uh, but I feel confident, given – in, within the next few weeks, he'll be returning to form. And when he does, he's he has the mobility, but there really isn't a throw that he can't make. Like, Patrick Mahomes is the most talented football player I've ever seen in my life. But when I look at the throws he makes, and then I look at the throws that Joe Burrow makes, they're up there. Like, Joe Burrow is gifted at throwing a football. He's also a born leader, and he has that winning spark to him as well that we were talking about with Jalen Hurts. Um, Different styles of play, but when Joe Burrow comes back to form, it's going to be elite. He's he's going to win MVP at some point in his career, probably in the next couple years. So, yeah, I feel good about calling him the second-best quarterback in the league. Of course, Josh Allen. Of course, Jalen Hurts are incredible. At the end of the day, I'd rather have Joe Burrow. And ultimately, that is kind of what this list comes down to sometimes. Like, 
especially when you look at like positional rankings, right? Like, oh, you have this running back over this one. Like, yeah, because I'd rather have that first one. So, mm-hmm. so I know it may seem controversial to have Joe Burrow at six given the start of the season. And if he doesn't return to the form that we expect him to, then we'll adjust the list accordingly. But for now, we're basing it on that belief because this is the inaugural list. Yeah, this isn't a um, an MVP slash defensive player of the year ranking or anything. It, this isn't like the tier list. It's it's just who do we think is the you know the twenty five best players in the league right now, and we will continue to update it you know regularly. I don't know exactly when that'll be, but we'll update it on a regular basis to where if you're not performing, then you're not going to make the list. But there's a reason why Burrow is ahead of Jalen Hurts right now. It's because he's done it for a little bit longer. Um, I think there's also other aspects of it as well. I mean, if you just are going off of last year, you'd put Hurts above him because Hurts made the Super Bowl. He played extremely well, led the league in rushing touchdowns, whatever. But, you know, it's a combination of recency, but also history. And I think with Burrow, we're kind of leaning more on the history and also projecting to see surely he's going to get come back to form because that's who the guy is. So, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of our, our brief highlights of our top 25 list. Obviously, let us know what you think um, on social media. You can comment on that post, DM us, whatever, and let us know your thoughts. Yeah, I think that's that's going to wrap up this segment. When we come back, we're going to get right back into uh, the hot seat and the fun fact for the first time in a couple episodes. So we'll see you there. Back by popular demand. And by popular demand, I mean us, because we've missed doing this. It's the hot seat. It's been a few episodes since we've had one, but it's time. Throw some shade at some people doing stupid or silly stuff. So Dave, what do we have this time? Well, I've got to be honest, Mike. There aren't too many things that I enjoy more than putting people on the hot seat that I don't like. And nothing against Damian George Jr., Micah Mazkua, and Dante Zanders. But I am more than happy to put them on the hot seat for this week. Who are those guys, you might ask? Well, they're players for the Florida Gators. So here's what I'll say. Good win. You beat Tennessee. Good job. Whatever. Um, However, you couldn't just leave it at that. You couldn't just be happy with your upset win. You had to go and do something stupid. And I think part of that is probably because you attend the University of Florida. Um, If you did not see at the end of that game where Florida played Tennessee, um, those three guys that I mentioned, as well as Tennessee defensive lineman Omar Norman Lott, uh, decided that right at the end of the game, they were going to throw hands. They'd had enough. Um, basically, uh, Tennessee called a timeout with seven seconds left. And then on fourth down, uh, Graham Mertz, the Florida quarterback, scrambled, took a knee, but then a Tennessee player ran into him and knocked him down. Obviously both benches cleared. And then 
they started throwing punches and whatever and legit started like squaring up like they were about to fight. This is what I will never understand about football players doing this. Y'all are literally wearing protective gear and helmets that if you punched that helmet, you'd probably break your hand. So tell me how you're going to square up against a guy who's wearing this helmet like you're about to punch him in the face. Like, okay, you'll just be out for the next two months or something with a broken hand. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. Not to mention you already won the game. I know that you're like, potentially trying to protect your quarterback or whatever it wasn't that big of a hit like realistically speaking you just should have you know kind of got in his face you don't need to throw punches whatever and then talk some trash like you suck you were ranked number 11 and we beat you or whatever (laughs) like you have plenty of ammunition on your side but no you're like let me square up and try to punch you in your face mask like that's gonna do anything to him so, you know, definitely some shenanigans from from these players. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but, you know, Florida is going to Florida. Um, and now they're all suspended for next week, which, you know, isn't necessarily the best look. Granted, it is against UTSA, so they're not going to be missed too much. Uh, but, yeah, not not necessarily the best look there. Yeah, if you're going to square up on the football field, you better have just ripped the helmet off first, a la Cortland's, uh, Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson from, I guess that was like a decade or so ago now. Goodness gracious. I'm not condoning violence. Kids, play safe. Be nice to each other. But, yeah, just what what do you think is the, like, what's the end goal here? <laughs> like, come on, let's see. I'm I'm hoping you take your helmet off so I can punch you. At at which point I'd be like, oh, he wants to punch me. I should leave my helmet on. You know, like it's just dumb all the way around. Um, but you know, whatever. I guess the uh, the adrenaline is up when you've uh, lost to an unranked opponent or have beaten a ranked opponent as an unranked team. So I get it. It's exciting. It's also pretty silly. So. We'll leave it at that there. But speaking of excitement and things that may or may not be silly, it's time for Dave's fun fact, which we've also been without for a few episodes. So my tears can finally dry knowing that I'm not lacking that fun fact this time around. So Dave, at long, long last, what's it going to be? So (laughs) yeah, my fun fact, it's finally back and... I've got an interesting one for you. For those of you who don't know, Mike is an English instructor. Um, Majored in English, master's in English, all that. So one thing that I I think is interesting is the etymology of words. You know, kind of where they come from, how they've changed over the course of time. Mike is like getting hype, silently hype over here. Um, And one came across my attention the other day and i was like this is perfect for the fun fact so mike you might already know this because you know things like this but regardless i'm waiting with bated breath over here okay well one thing that i'm great at is just rambling and not actually getting to the point so um that's what i've been doing anyways (laughs) so the word priority technically 
the definition means so it it comes from the latin word prioritas i believe that's how it's said uh, which means first in rank order or dignity so with the word priority that means you can only have one thing it's supposed to, the word is supposed to be singular because there's only supposed to be one thing that is your priority because back in the 1400s where this word when this word became a thing that's what it was that's how people lived that's that's kind of what fit that era was people had one priority whatever that was and that was it of course now in this world in our society today how many times do we hear you need to you know straighten out your priorities or like i've got a list of priorities or things of that nature but realistically speaking we shouldn't be treating things like that because we should only have one priority and we can determine what that is but the whole use of the word was supposed to be about that and instead we've made it into how many in my busy busy schedule in life how many different things can i prioritize um at once so i just thought that was an interesting look and kind of encapsulates a lot about what's different now to how people used to live hundreds of years ago but i just thought the etymology of that and kind of the history of that word was interesting yeah also it, it means that the phrase top priority is incredibly redundant mm -hmm. you can't have a top priority you would just have priority that would be at the top <laughs> You know, so yeah, super cool. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how well I use that word. It's kind of like, now that you mention it, I'm trying to think like, do I say priorities? I don't know. Um, but I'll be doing my best to avoid that now. Um, so that I can tell other people not to, and not be hypocritical about it. But yeah, um, when you mentioned etymology, I was like, Ooh, I wonder if he's going to talk about knight or knife or something. Um, and how like, cause I was, I was waiting for that one. I was like, cause you know, people ask like, why is there a K in knife? Um, the answer to which is it used to be pronounced kniff. Um, so I was like waiting and then boom, there's one I didn't know. So hey, I appreciate it. I, I learned go. something today. There we go. So not necessarily the most fun of facts to get back into it, but one that is practical and that you can use in your everyday life. And maybe just a little bit of advice, just slow down. Your only priority needs to be making sure that you tune in to listen to the podcast every couple of weeks, you know, to make sure you clear your schedule every Friday, every other Friday. So now, now that I've gone ahead and told you how to live your life and what's most important to you, this is why we have a podcast after all. It, I remember a few years back we were talking and Dave was like, I want us to have a podcast so that eventually I'll have built up enough credibility to tell these people the one thing that should take precedent over everything else in their lives. And it will be us. So we've made it. It only took 64 episodes over a couple years, but we've made it to this point. Wait, did you make that up or are you serious? Did I actually yes, say I that? that oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> you did not say that. Well, I can imagine me saying something like that 
obviously kidding or just like joking around. I was like, you do have a pretty good memory. So I was like, did I actually say that? And he's just been waiting for this day. And it finally was the perfect moment to bring this back up or. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad to know that you just made that up. That makes you feel a little better. But I think that will just about wrap up this episode of the Mike and Dave podcast. Uh, a bit of a shorter one this time, which I'm sure is totally fine. If you wanted it to be longer, well, we gave you two episodes a couple weeks ago. So, you know, go back and listen to those if you want. Um, but yeah, so that'll just about do it for us. Um, like Mike said, if you have not already, make sure to follow us on social media at Mike and Dave Pod. Um, our top 25 lists are there. We'll put up a few other graphics here and there um, and stuff about, you know, what we have going on and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Next episode will be episode 65, which means it'll be the next edition of top five. So if you have a top five in mind that you want us to cover, let us know via social media. But until that point, this has been Mike. This has been Dave, and you've been listening to the Mike and Dave podcast.